This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Woohoo! Good evening. Glad you came out here on a Wednesday. I like Wednesdays. A little midweek injection of the things of God. If you're a visitor, we're glad you're here. If you're watching live stream, glad you're here. If you need a Bible, we're glad you're here. Now, if you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. We, we welcome you with the Word of God. Just keep your hand up. Once you get that, go with me to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, and as you're getting Bibles and turning there, uh, the, the men of iron, this, this early bird deal will end on February 26th, so you need to get registered because it'll go up, but also there is a, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, and I'm not going to say how many because I, I know I'd get it wrong. But there is a bunch of churches that are already coming. It's getting going to take off here. So be sure and do that. Then on uh, Sunday night, March 5th, we have our, our connect groups, our small groups. And so you can still go online and check all of those. And I encourage you, get involved in those. Man, we've got some great lineups this, this semester. Okay, we're in the book of 2 Corinthians 9. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church of Corinth. And he says here in verse six, but this I say, he who sows, he who plants, he who gives sparingly will also reap or harvest sparingly. And he who sows, plants, or gives bountifully with great blessing will also reap bountifully. Now, when I I read this here, your reaping mirrors your sowing. So my sowing determines my reaping. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul said here. So if I sow sparingly, what makes me think that God would want me to reap bountifully? Better stated, What if I sow nothing, but I expect to God to bless me with a harvest? Now, that's kind of a crazy mindset, but there's people that actually do that. And so God right here, he's telling us through the apostle Paul, now, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Now, I, I used to garden quite a bit. My gardening has gone way down where each year I have just a number of tomato plants and then I I like some peppers. But I realized this real quick. If I don't plant anything, I'm not gonna reap anything. And if I plant plant tomato seeds, I don't expect pumpkins to come up. But see, when it comes to this, a lot of times we become very blind to this truth. So he says in verse seven, So let each one, now you may want to highlight that. He's talking to every one of us. Let each one give as he purpose, as he purpose wears in his heart. And so he's telling us here, man, you you got to learn to, to purpose in your heart what you're going to give. And then he says, not grudgingly, nor of necessity. Not from a sense of religion or a sense of duty, but it's something that comes from my heart. Now, watch what he says here at the end. 
For God loves a, a cheerful giver. And so he's telling me here, giving should be a joy, not, not a job. But also, giving right here is, is not just about the gift. It's also about my attitude. I want to be a cheerful giver. And notice what he said, cheerful. He didn't say tearful. <laughs> he said cheerful. Woo that means, man, I, I am so blessed to be able to give to God. It, it's exciting, okay? And I think this is what the Apostle Paul, he's wanting to put an oomph of excitement in there. And man, it's incredible with what happens. Okay, well, let's just pray here. Father God, we love you tonight. Lord, let us, let us soak, let it be graced in our hearts, your kingdom principles on the lines of, of sowing and reaping. And Father God, I, I thank you that you said as we purpose in our heart. And so Lord, move our hearts to line with yours. And we thank you for that, that touch of heaven on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, bless all of you. Goodness of God, uh, turn with me to the book of James chapter 4. We're going to get moving here. The book of James chapter 4. And I'll start here with just a couple thoughts. But many times in our life... It's, it's very easy, even as a Christian, to get in these, these spiritual ruts where it's almost like, man, I just, I go through these heartless routines. And when your routines are just exactly that, they're heartless, maybe it's time that we have a fresh encounter with God. And I don't know about you, I, I, I need times of fresh encounters of God. And so watch what the Bible says here in James chapter four, verse eight. What an invitation he starts with. Draw near to God. Now he tells us, he gives us the invitation. He said, draw near to God. Actually, he's telling us, move your heart closer and closer to God. And so the closer I get to God, the more I get into God's presence. And the more I'm in God's presence, the more that's where he begins to change me. Something happens when we get in the presence of God, kind of like our worship tonight. And he says, draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. And if you notice here, he says, man, if I would just take time to get into his presence. And so when we talk about drawing near to God, what would that look like? Well, it would be very similar to how we worship tonight. Man, you just raise your hands and you praise him. But also think about this. Anytime that I get in my Bible, I draw near to God. Anytime I worship and praise him, I get near to God. Anytime I become a man or woman of prayer, I, I get near to God. And so throughout this evening, depending on how far we get, this is what we're going to show you biblically about how God says, draw near to me. So he says, draw near to me, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. So what, what was he talking about here? To cleanse our hands as a sinner, he's telling us, quit dabbling in sin and repent. Re repent, actually confess your sins before the Lord is what, he, what he's talking about here. And some folk would say, well, I don't sin, I make mistakes. Well, the last time I looked in the Bible, Jesus didn't die for your mistakes, he died for your sin. 
And so something would happen if we would just go ahead and call sin what it is. It's sin. But he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. And so all he's saying is, man, I want your heart back. So part of the process of drawing near to God is the first thing to be a person of repentance. And you know what repentance is? I take ownership of my sins. I just take ownership of my choice. I don't try to blame anybody else. I step up to the plate as a man of God or a woman of God, and it's what I did. I, I blew it, Father God. You know the word sin actually has the meaning of we missed the mark, we missed the target that God put up. So he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so a, a double-minded person has disloyalty and undivided attentions. And, and when we look at this, a double person or double-minded person, he tries to hold on to God and the world at the same time. We, we vacillate that I'm a saint on Sunday, but I'm a sinner on, on, on Monday. And so he's saying, stop. So part of the process of drawing near to God is, man, I got to quit being double-minded. You know what part of double-minded is? You just straddle the fence. You just, you're just lukewarm. Verse 9. Lament and mourn and weep. And what I sense of this is every time as I read that, that when you get around God, that God begins to convict you of sin. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Let me ask you something. Before you gave your heart to Jesus and you were a sinner, did it bother you to sin? It didn't bother me a bit to sin. I enjoyed sin because you know what sinners do? They sin. But one of the ways you can tell you're born again is not that you're perfect and you don't sin no more, but when you do sin, it bothers you. I don't like to sin. Pastor, do you still sin? Just on days that end in Y. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Now listen to the last part here. Humble yourself in the sight of God or the Lord and he'll lift you up. He says humble yourself because you know what happens? If you don't humble yourself, life's going to humble you. And so when I humble myself before God, and I acknowledge him as God, as creator. He causes me, when he lifts me up, he causes me to be significant instead of insignificant. And so part of drawing near to God is the robe of humility. First Peter 5, 5, he said, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. The only time in the Bible that you ever see that Father God resists anyone is when they're prideful. And so something happens when I humble myself and say, man, Father God, I need you today. That is a good prayer. That's a great prayer. Lord, I need you today. Now, look with me in the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going we're to walk this out through the scriptures here on what it actually looks like to draw near to God. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that they entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
So Jesus and his disciples, they're on this journey and they arrive at this village and this woman named Martha welcomes Jesus and the disciples into her home. She's like, come on, fellas, come on, come on, come on. Verse 39. And Martha had a sister called Mary. Now, we go back and we look at the life of this woman named Mary and Martha. We know, man, throughout the Bible, you see Mary, Martha, and they had a brother named Lazarus. So these are are people that were friends with Jesus. They knew Jesus. And so it says, Martha had a sister named Mary. Now, watch what verse 39 says. Who also said it, Jesus' feet. Now, you got to note what Mary's doing. The first thing it says, that she sat at the feet of Jesus. Ooh, that's drawn near. That's, that's drawn near. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you sat at the feet of Jesus? Wow. So when I begin to study this woman named Mary's life, Mary had made sitting at Jesus' feet a habit. John eleven thirty two, 32, she was at the feet of Jesus. John 12, 3, she is the same woman that anointed the feet of Jesus. The robe of humility, of devotion. So when I read this about this woman named Mary, how many times she was at the feet of Jesus... I think she tapped into something that a lot of times we don't tap into because we don't do it. So when I look at this, this is just a form of, of drawing near to the Lord Jesus. So she sat at Jesus' feet. But look how verse 39 ends. And she heard his word. She heard his word. To sit at the feet of Jesus... And here his word was a, a, a position of a learner who was in submission to the teacher. She wanted to learn. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have a desire to learn about the things of the kingdom of God? Because the more I learn about Jesus and the more I learn about the kingdom of God, the more I draw, draw closer and closer to him. And so there's something here about this woman named Mary that, that she understood. I, I want to sit at his feet and I want to absorb every word that he says. Verse 40. But Martha, but oh Martha on the other hand, she was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with, with life, with household chores and household tasks. The Amplified says it this way. She was over-occupied over and too busy for Jesus. Whoa. Now, if we can just choose to really be real with ourselves right now, would that describe you? I'm just too busy for you, Jesus. I'm just, I just don't have time. Wow. So this woman's distracted with all this stuff. 
and she approached Jesus. In her busyness, she approached Jesus. Now, you got, you got to picture this scene. This is what I begin to get this afternoon. There Jesus is, he's teaching the word. And I know Mary's there, and I know the other disciples are there. And so Mary's at the feet of Jesus, and, and they're all soaking up the word of God. And all of a sudden, Martha approaches Jesus. So just in that statement there that Martha approaches Jesus, you know what that tells me? She interrupts him. Time out, Jesus. Time out. So she approaches the Lord Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left to serve alone? And so what happens here is she goes from welcoming Jesus to actually blaming him and saying, you don't even care. I'm so busy, and no one else is as busy as me. And I wonder if she doesn't say to Jesus, I'm the one who put the roast and the potatoes and the carrots in. I'm the one who fixed the salad. I'm the one who, who made you tea and coffee. I even actually made you a cake, Jesus. And you don't care. Wow. That's pretty bold. And so she ultimately says, therefore, tell her to help me. And so I, I don't know if you read into this, but there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's sitting there right there listening to everything. And she bypasses Mary and goes to Jesus. And instead of her telling Mary, she tells Jesus, Jesus, you tell her. Wow. And so there's interesting things in here. Martha had become so focused on what she was doing that she became frustrated with Jesus to the point that she interrupted him. And so what begins to happen is, does my service for Jesus, does it affect my relationship with Jesus? Now, he's not saying don't serve. That's not what he's saying. But does your serving... What you do doesn't replace your who. See, the things I do is not what he's at. He's after my heart. So she goes through all this spiel. And in verse 41, Jesus answered and he said to her, Martha, Martha. Now, you, you can read into this how you want. When he says, Martha, Martha, I, I think Jesus was really chill. I think he looked at her and said, Martha, Martha. I don't think he yelled, Martha! I don't think he did that. I think he said, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. You're, you're worried. And that word worried right there means you're distracted and you're preoccupied with many things. Now, I'm not going to have you to go there for time's sake, but if you're a note taker, this is Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Matthew 6, 25 is the cross reference. It says, the Lord Jesus said, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor your body. 
And then in verse 31, he says, therefore do not worry saying, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna wear? Now in between verses 35 and 33, he uses this analogy and he uses birds and he uses the flowers or the lily of the field and he, he says, the, the, the sparrows aren't more valuable than you and I take care of the sparrows. So on your way to work tomorrow, just, just look out the window and see the sparrows on the power lights. And I'll guarantee you won't see one sparrow that looks like he's about to have a nervous breakdown. And you won't see one sparrow that says, I'm suicidal. And you won't see one sparrow that has ulcers. And the lilies of the valley, the flowers of the field, they don't wonder how they're gonna look pretty every day. And so in all of creation, the human beings, me and you, are the only ones that worry. And the Lord Jesus said, this is your problem, Martha. You're worried and you're distracted by many things. Now let me ask you something. Right now in your life, are you more like Martha or are you more like Mary? Pastor, don't do that to us. It's a question I got to ask. I, I can get so busy, man, with our schedules, the cares of this world. And what happens? Our life is like a big pie, and everything takes a slice of it. And before long, if I'm not careful, there's not a slice left for Jesus. And I just, I'm busy. You know, when you ask most Americans, how are you? You know what they'll respond? I'm tired or I'm busy. One of the two. So he said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And it's interesting. Jesus just, he, he, he removes everything else and he says, one thing is needed. Just, just one thing. is Now, this is the Lord Jesus telling us this. And it's like he's speaking to me and you. And he said, just, just one thing's needed. And Mary has chosen the good part. Now, I love his wordings there because he said, Mary has chosen. Just like me and you. We choose every day what's priority in our lives. And he said, but Mary's chosen. And you know what he's saying? And Martha, you've chosen too. You just didn't choose the good part. And he goes on to say, which will not be taken away from her. Now, we got to go back to verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet. Mary wasn't going to miss the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. She wasn't going to miss an opportunity to soak in Jesus' work. See, I got to get to a place in my life that that's me. That's me. So when you look at this, listen real close. Martha gravitated to the physical 
Mary gravitated to the spiritual. And you know what's interesting about both of those? The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone. So he's not denying the physical. You, you know, just like I do, if, if we don't eat, we're gonna be in bad shape. Many of you got off these fasts and you're like, I gotta eat every day. I gotta eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. We understand physically we have to eat. It gives us the, the nutrients, everything we need. But also man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Martha gravitated to the physical. Mary said, feed me, Lord Jesus, feed me. So she knew within the word of God was the vitamins, the nutrients, the minerals, the proteins that would only sustain her spiritually. So what happens to us? What happens to us spiritually if we don't draw near to Jesus? If I don't sit in his feet, if I don't hear his word day by day, then, then we starve. And I say this quite a bit throughout the year, but there's a great man of God named Smith Wigglesworth, and he said this a jillion years ago. He said, we feed our physical body three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week. And we wonder why we're spiritually malnourished. Wow. And when I talk about the word of God like this, I'm, I'm not talking quantity. I'm talking quality. That you, you may not even get through a, a chapter a day. You may get caught on one verse, but that one verse, it, it feeds my faith and it starves my doubts. And so part of this is, is just learning to, to draw near to the Lord. Just draw near to him. So I'm going to have you stand up here. So how are we doing drawing near to God? Do I draw near to God? You know, if that's, that's your heart's cry, I know we're just going to dismiss here in a minute, but if that's your heart cry, if you say, Lord, I desire to draw near to you. Remember, he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's like a game of checkers. He said, I give you the first move. Come on. But am I too busy to draw near? Am I ashamed to sit at the feet of Jesus? Do I have any appetite for the word of God? So as Aaron gets ready to sing here, I'm just like you guys. Just like you, I'm just as human as you. But every sacrifice is based on preference. And so I welcome you. You may want to come down here. I don't know if you've ever knelt before, knelt before the Lord. Just got on your feet before. It's very humbling. I don't know if you've ever cried out, Lord, I welcome your word. So this is how we're going to end. draw near, just like Mary chose. You draw near tonight, okay? However you choose to. Whether it's on your knees, on your face, just right there where you're at, okay? Go ahead, Aaron. Lord, I give you power. I give you my soul. 
every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Just have your way in me, Lord. I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, just have your way in me. Have your way in me. Just have your way. you to breathe on us that our appetite is for your presence and your word. Lord, Lord, help us with the distractions of this life. Holy Spirit, breathe on every one of us right now, fresh power. Lord, we ask right now that all the, the fruit of the Spirit of Galatians 5 fill us with love, joy, peace, long-suffering self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and meekness tonight. Bless our evening in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, why don't we clap to the Lord here? We love you. I'm glad you came to church tonight. If you need prayer, we'll have some people down here to pray. Other than that, man, let, let this soak in you, okay? Let this soak within your heart and then just remember Sunday, we are on week two on our series, The Called. Ooh, it's good. It's a good start. God bless all of you. Have a kingdom rest of the week. I'll see you Sunday, and then expect a miracle, okay? God's moving. Bless you. You're dismissed.
Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.